Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Hello and welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. My name is Sam Dover. I'm a senior beauty and personal care analyst here at Mintel and I'm your host for today. I'm joined by my amazing colleagues, Margot, Lauren and Amanda, to discuss the biggest trends which are shaping the fragrance category around the world. So to get us started, can I just all briefly ask you to introduce yourselves and briefly tell us what you do at Mintel. So we'll start with Amanda. Hi, my name is Amanda Caridan. I'm the Senior Analyst for Beauty and Personal Care at Mintel. I'm based in Brazil, so I do most of uh, the reports based on consumer behavior in Brazil. Amazing. Thank you. Margot? Hi, I'm Margot Caron and I'm a Global Beauty Analyst at Mintel. I'm based in London. And Lauren? Hi, my name is Lauren Goodsett, and I am a global beauty analyst with Mintel, and I am based in the U.S. Thank you, and thank you all so much for joining us today. So I think it'd be really interesting because you're all based in different regions. I think it'd be really good for the listeners just to kind of set the scene, really, understand what is happening in each of your markets and what you're seeing in the fragrance category at the minute. Sure. So I would say that in Europe, the consumers the consumers are quite attached to like premium formats like eau de parfum, eau de toilette, eau de cologne, everything that's related to perfume. And it's quite dominated by prestige brands in markets like Germany, France or um, the UK. And European consumers really have this taste for high-end fashion designer brands or legacy brands. So it's even if it might sound a little bit more of a traditional market, there um, these consumers are quite open to new territories, for example. Um, so territories of self-expression, for example, it's one of the key regions where unisex fragrances are uh, progressing quite rapidly as well. Um, but again, it's quite quite attached to uh, to traditional formats. So, for example, the booming of scented body care and body spray hasn't been quite as important as in the U.S. or Brazil, for example. In the U.S., you know what we're really seeing is this boom in this lower end prestige and mass stage space, specifically with clean fragrances, and we're starting to see that these clean fragrances are able to take on attributes of more niche luxe fragrances, but at that lower price point, there's a lot of interest in clean ingredient sustainable options. And so we're really starting to see more of these indie type fragrance brands hit the market. Yeah, and in Brazil, we see that although we are being impacted by the crisis, consumers really uh, want to feel clean. And here is a cultural thing. So we use fragrances to feel clean after shower, for example. So we see a growth, especially after some celebrations, for example, Valentine's Day in Brazil, which is celebrated in June, and also Mother's Day, which was celebrated in May. So we see the fragrances category hitting the, the sales, especially for for gifts and sets. And we also know that Brazilians want to feel clean by applying fragrances that make this uh, sensory aspect of feeling clean. So we see also the, the innovation for fragrances which provide these attributes of antibacterial or protection against virus, bacteria, and germs in, in general. 
Wow, interesting. And I'm going to, I mean, I'm guessing you've kind of touched on it a little bit there, but from each of your perspectives, what do you think has been the impact of COVID-19? I don't think we can talk about fragrances without talking about the disruption. I know in the UK, we've seen, we've got data that shows that consumers are using fragrances less and therefore are buying it. Is that, are we seeing that kind of on a global basis? You know, I think in the U.S. too, there, yes, we're seeing consumers start to think about what types of fragrances fit into their new lifestyle that they're living during COVID. And so we're starting to see expansion into home fragrance. So candles, reed diffusers, um, even those electrical scent diffusers. I know we had previously been talking that I recently made a purchase of what's called a Pura, and it features kind of luxe fragrances that you can put into this electrical diffuser that plugs right into the wall. So we're definitely starting to see consumers kind of look at their lifestyle and say what type of fragrance fits into this new normal for me. And maybe it's wearing a lighter fragrance or a little bit of fragrance, but it's definitely coming through in the home fragrance sector. Yeah, I totally agree. So it's kind of like finding new ways of wearing fragrances, finding new usages. And it's sort of like, you know, how staying more at home, for example, has supported the growth of like loungewear it's a bit like finding a sort of like loungewear of fragrance if you want it's just finding these new ways of wearing perfumes and we see that for example our data showcases that consumers are quite ready to wear fragrance at home so for example um, almost half of fragrance users in Italy do, uh, do not agree with the fact that fragrance is only necessarily necessary when being around others so there is really this opportunity to create uh, these fragrances to wear at home and one of the best examples uh, I can find is the diptyque fleur de peau multi-use fragrance which just got launched and it was actually launched during um, lockdown here in the UK and it got sold out instantly because it was this multi-use fragrance that you could put on your skin but also on your bed linen you could use it as a home fragrance so it was very multifunctional but also quite emotional the the scent is like really really nice and and really premium and this is really finding these opportunities to branch out and uh, yeah just increase uh, and find new reasons to wear perfumes yeah it's interesting this approach uh, Margot because here in Brazil we see the same inspiration on aromatherapy for example to bring this aspect of wellness uh, especially at home so we see also uh, some customers using fragrances for their home instead of buying prestige brands so we see also uh, that consumers are using essential oils at home especially those that combine uh, this emotional aspects uh, especially related to well-being at home Wow, it feels like that um, diptyque um, example that you just um, said before, Margot, it feels like that is perfect timing <laughs> for yeah. the And something that's on, you know, a little bit of a, a lesser scale than the diptyque, but to go along with essential oils and aromatherapy, we've also seen some laundry care brands, very mass laundry brands coming out with detergent that features elements of essential oils and aromatherapy. So it's more than even just kind of the fragrances around the home that you're using with candles or reed diffusers. It's in the laundry and kind of those everyday activities. We're really starting to see them expand into and branch into these different areas within the fragrance realm. 
Amazing. I mean, we've touched on a few trends here, kind of, you know, Lauren, you mentioned about clean beauty, you know, we've talked about aromatherapy. Are these the trends that we are seeing driving growth in the category or where in those markets where it's in decline? Are these the kind of products that are buying demand, so to speak? So we talked a lot in um, our future fragrance, which Margot wrote, so she certainly can um, tap into this a little bit more. But we, we talked a lot about sustainability and the way that we see that that's going to come through in the fragrance sector and there we talked about biotechnology and this understanding that taking from nature isn't always what is most sustainable so as we look forward and we think about trends really starting to see how fragrance brands are able to communicate that to consumers how they're able to educate them on the scientific piece that goes into the making of these fragrances and how they're really able to tap into these sustainable stories through the different ingredients that they are creating. Yeah, especially I, I totally agree. And this is also something like mindsets are also evolving because uh, not long ago, uh, um, fragrance that was perceived as really safe by consumers would be a natural fragrance or an all natural fragrance. But today we see more and more, um, I would say, awareness uh, around the fact that natural doesn't necessarily mean sustainable. Um, and that lab developed ingredients can also be virtuous and there is indeed like um, a lot of education to do around it. I don't know how, how it's going in Brazil because I think in Brazil natural ingredients are really celebrated um, and this is something that's still like uh, very key for fragrances. Yeah, you're right, Margot. And we have one of the key players on this category, which is Natura. Mm -hmm. And they really celebrate the native uh, actives. So it's really a celebration of the local identity, the local culture, especially those actives that are uh, originated in the Amazon forest. So we see a lot of launches combining those actives and also celebrating uh, the biodiversity in Brazil. So another other key player is Boticario, and they also mm. uh, develop a lot of fragrances with our actives, but also combining with other actives in other regions. So this combination and this local identity is celebrated by Brazilians. And we also see these brands uh, offering more uh, affordable options of fragrances, especially those uh, that can be used after shower. And one interesting part of it is that Natura is also innovating uh, on providing like a questionnaire so consumers can really understand the fragrance that it's approaching to their personality. So it's also a way to uh, show your personality and also combining these fragrances to your lifestyle. I love the idea of kind of localism being important. Do some Margot and Lauren, do you think there's, is that an opportunity in kind of Europe and the US or is that something that we're already seeing? Um, I would say that there is a tradition in fragrance of local ingredients and especially, um, for example, you have legacy brands being very attached to um, or even even new brands being very attached to uh, Grasse in France, um, which is one of the big uh, hub for uh, fragrance ingredients and for flowers and um 
this is really something that like this this localism is something that brands really appreciate and promote but i would also say that especially during those times where we are not traveling um beyond local ingredients i, I think stories around escapism and other uh, other places to to explore um uh, really have opportunity and are very interesting to well to explore because we're just stuck at home and we can't explore the world ourselves. Yeah, I think, you know, localism is definitely an important trend that we are seeing in the U.S., but more than that, it's about the stories, like what Margot was saying, that consumers are really gravitating towards those brands that have a great story that can say, we got this ingredient from this place and another from over here, and they're enjoying kind of living in the fragrance through all of those different stories that they can take from the ingredients. So less than it being about, you know, it came from a farm that was two miles away from me, more about that really rich, thorough story that brands are able to put together and to kind of create that illusion, that illustration for their consumers. Interesting. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I, I really like Penhaligon's campaign this year, which um, which is a real play on the idea of like the kind of British staycation. And I just feel like it it's very nostalgic and it's very retro. And I just feel like it has a very nice story to it. And I think it very much reflects the time that we're in and where everyone I know at the minute is going on staycations and yeah I think it's just a really lovely example of that kind of idea of storytelling and mm-hmm. um, emotion really mm-hmm. I think we've I mean we've touched on it a little bit and about sustainability but I'm I'm interested in how how you see this evolving because I feel like there's more and more brands entering this space there's a lot more work that can obviously still be done um, but how do we see kind of sustainability and fragrances evolving over the next next kind of few years I think, for example, that we talk a lot uh, about, you know, the actives and about the process, but we don't talk so much about the, the packaging and consumers. I think when they are uh, more at home, they are consuming more at home, they feel uh, the impact of their uh, daily consumption and behaviors. Uh, so I think that packaging could be uh, a good uh, way to be sustainable. We see Uh, some brands even approaching refillable for example, formats, which uh, also attract Brazilians. And not to talk again about Natura, but we know uh, other players in other categories that are doing uh, refillable formats and consumers uh, are attracted by this uh, format. So I think uh, packaging could be uh, a good um, way to start into a more sustainable practice. Yeah, totally. I, I really agree about it. And it's very interesting interesting to see again the mindsets evolving because before uh, for luxury and prestige fragrances the heaviest your bottle was the more luxurious it was perceived but now we see that there is this evolution where actually technicality around very thin glass like for example um, Idol by Lancôme which was launched and it was the thinnest uh, glass uh, bottle ever Um, this is something that's accelerating and this was really 
this proof of uh, this breakthrough uh, innovation for packaging and it's also refillable uh, if I'm not mistaken so as long as these um, these con like consumers the consumer mindset and these innovations are um, continuing this is really going to be important to improve uh, fragrance sustainability and we talked about you know in light of covid and how consumers are going to smell and experience fragrance this idea of an uptick in sampling um, and with that uptick in sampling obviously generally a small sample that you're going to throw away is not seen as sustainable so how can brands kind of bridge that gap of we want consumers to be able to experience fragrance while sampling but still being sustainable a lot of elements that they need to fill in at this point in time um, so we've actually seen one brand come out with, uh, I think it was a biodegradable sample that you, was a one-time use. You could peel it off. You could get a little bit of the sample enough to, you know, give you the fragrance for the day. And then you could feel good about uh, throwing that packaging away. So I think what we really will start to see is brands look for ways that they can kind of promote the way that they're being sustainable through packaging, whether it be the product itself, like the examples that Amanda and Margot gave, mm -hmm. or through the way that they're giving consumer samples and allowing them to trial and experience the fragrance prior to that purchase decision. I'm really glad you um, brought up sampling there, Lauren, um, because what we've seen is obviously, as you say, the kind of COVID-19 disruption has driven demand for samples because more and more consumers have kind of been forced to buy fragrances online. But obviously the store experience and trialing fragrance in store is so important. So how is how are brands going to reach consumers in the current environment with all the kind of hesita hesitation around visiting stores that is lingering? Yeah, you know, I, I think that it's twofold. So it's partly what I just brought up with the providing samples that they can take home with them and use. And then the other piece is we do have some consumers in some parts of the world who are able to go back in store and who do want to be in store and try products. And so there we've seen some technology movement censored technology. So if you just wave your wrist in front of a machine, it sprays it, you don't have to touch it, but you're still getting that experience of the fragrance. So I really think technology is going to start to play a heavier role here in brands really trying to find those creative ways to still allow the consumer to experience the fragrance, but without the touching germ kind of element of traditional in-store trial. Yeah, I just want to bounce on that because um, I just I just saw a very interesting example uh, on that is the new Shiseido concept store in Ginza in Tokyo. It just was like open maybe two weeks ago and it's not fragrance, it's um, makeup, but they have this sort of contactless like motion activated testers, but they go even further. So you can like have a picture of your face taken by this kind of like big camera and then it analyzes which foundation color you need and then it just creates the right well it just um, gets you the right foundation and then you can just try it and it's like a motionless sensor and um, a motion activated sensor and you just have this product dispensed right away in your hand without touching anything so i guess these all these new tools um, install uh, that really uh, mix physical and digital as well will be super important. 
Yeah, here in Brazil, we don't see a lot of players um, playing on this field. Uh, but I think it's really important, especially to take this technology also to understand and to anticipate which fragrances would make sense to a consumer, especially based on their lifestyle or psychographics, for example, as we say on the identity traders, uh, beauty and personal care trend from Intel. So really to understand consumers by their behaviors, Uh, their lifestyles and to offer the right fragrance uh, even at distance. So we see a good examples of brands also providing this. Uh, Boticario did this uh, through artificial intelligence. And it's nice because it was well uh, received by the customers because it, it really brings this genderless effect as well. So it's not a fragrance uh, that is really targeting uh, a specific demographic, but it's targeting a lifestyle or a tribe or, you know, this cultural aspect aspect uh, of uh, lifestyle. Amazing. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about a few of the kind of most innovative things that we've seen in fragrances recently, but I kind of want to push you guys on that a bit further. And if you could kind of pull out one innovation that you would like people to hear about on this podcast, what do you think, what have you seen? What's the most innovative thing you've seen in fragrances recently? So my pick, and I actually have already purchased this product, uh, is a dry shampoo. It's a collaboration by Way, which is a hair care brand, and Byredo, which is a prestige luxury fragrance brand. So the dry shampoo retails for $24. It's the Way format, their traditional dry shampoo, but it is infused with the scent from Byredo, Mojave Ghost, which is one of their most popular fragrance scents. And why I'm flagging this as innovative is it really is allowing the consumer to get into the prestige fragrance market at a much lower cost point. And it's a product that provides a dual function, right? You're getting the cleaning of a dry shampoo, but you are getting that signature Byredo fragrance. So if you can afford to go out and make the purchase of the fragrance, which retails for over $150, then you can make that smaller purchase at around $20 for the dry shampoo. And as someone who has actually used this product, I will say that it really does have the fragrance. You almost don't even need to put additional fragrance on if you use it. So as we move into, you know, this next period post-COVID where we know consumers are strapped for money and looking at their finances really closely, I think we'll see more and more collaborations come about where we see kind of these luxe fragrance houses pairing with industries that we may not have seen them work with in uh, in the past. My pick would be the Molten Brown's uh, Fragrance Finder tool. So with this tool, I think they were really um, moving online personalization to um, the next level. So basically, this what this Fragrance Finder, finder tool is, it's like um, a, an online questionnaire that are, is going to help you like find the right fragrance for you. Because obviously, with like online shopping, has like always been a little bit challenging for the fragrance category. So it's really helping and uh, helping you navigate their their offer. And um, you know, normally these questionnaires have uh, questions about your personality and your preferences in terms of notes and in terms of scent. But these 
one takes really things further further it also assess your preference in terms of visual sensory stimuli so it just shows you images um, and it asks you which one speaks to you the most and I would say that multisensoriality is really something that could bring personalization further because basically our senses don't work in silo and well perfume is a highly emotional um, category it's a highly emotional product and sometimes you don't even know why you like a fragrance it's just the feeling that you're feeling at the moment that just makes you uh, like a fragrance and having this kind of like Yes, this this um, uh, feeling or just trying to um, identify how you're feeling through other senses, uh, I think is really, really interesting. Yeah, from Latin America, I saw this, this brand for all folks. It's a Mexican uh, brand that offers products uh, with this genderless uh, approach as well. And they offer their body splash uh, with antibacterial and antiviral uh, properties. So they really provide this aspect of protecting skin while it's still providing the sense of feeling clean and feeling refreshed uh, during the day. So their fragrance uh, brings this combination of Lang Lang, for example, and also other essential oils to really offer this stress relief uh, and this well-being sense. So I think it's a good piece because we see Brazilians really assiduous uh, towards cleaning uh, and feeling cleaning and protected when they are outside their house. So this could be an opportunity because we know Brazilians use fragrances during the day so even when I'm outside my home I apply a fragrance uh, to feel more confident and to feel comfortable and clean so this could be an opportunity for local brands in Brazil. I really like all those examples and I think they all kind of speak to the same thing in an interesting way where they all kind of come back to the idea of value, whether that be value for money in the shape of more affordable formats or whether that be kind of added value through, through things like personalization or additional claims like those kind of antibacterial um, claims that you were saying about Amanda as well. And I've got one final question for you all. If you could give fragrance brands one piece of advice in the current environment, what would that be? I would say that uh, for me, it would be about not being afraid of um, exploring unknown territories. So because our lifestyle have been disrupted so much and we're facing an economic recession. And I think it's really time to explore these intimidating white spaces. It's time to innovate and branch out and yeah, just finding new ages in fragrances. I think my, my response is actually shaped by some conversation that we had during the podcast, but I think that it will be really important for brands to find ways to connect with consumers. So as we were all talking about right now, many consumers aren't able to travel. So is it that you're giving them a light into a new region that maybe they had planned a trip to, but now they can't take, but they still want to smell all those scents. And then the second piece of that really comes down to finances. So are you able to 
to give consumers what they're looking for in a fragrance at those different price points and how can you really look at kind of consumers as a whole and say we have a group who can spend under $20 and we have another group who can spend over 200 and how can I kind of fit those different needs whether it be the size collaboration or the type of product how can you really kind of connect with consumers look at the struggles that they're facing right now and create products that are really reflective of the times yeah and from the brazilian perspective is a combination from what margo and lauren said uh, so bring this connection uh, even at distance so we know that fragrances is a purely sensorial category but why not offering it for example if you receive a box from from the, the gift or from the set that you bought and with the fragrance uh, of the the own based store so i for example received uh, a product was a clothes that I bought from a brand that I love in Brazil and uh, their, um, their box was full of the fragrance that I, as if I felt in the in the store. So this brings this connection with customers and this also brings you uh, you know, with the memory when you were able to go to the physical store. So I think this connection is really important and it's really important also to see that Brazilians will be uh, financially impacted. So offering affordable ways, even with collaborations with um, different uh, categories in, in the industry, for example, which could make sense, for example, to combine fragrances and jewelry. Uh, we know that both are expensive but why not applying it in a more affordable ways for example using a necklace uh, with a diffuser for the fragrance uh, so this also brings uh, a little bit of affordability and also premium or prestige uh, aspect of the product I think, Amanda, it's really interesting that you bring up the bringing the shopping experience to you. You had the you bought a clothing item and then it was fragranced with the store. So we have a chain of hotels, one hotels, they're luxury hotels in the U.S. I maybe they're global too, um, but they have a very distinct scent. And I've actually seen several influencers on different platforms saying that they found the scent that one hotel pumps in. And so they were linking the diffuser so that you could get it and you could put it in your essential oil diffuser and you could feel like you were at the hotel, but obviously you're not traveling. So it was in your home. So I think that's the experiential aspect too will be really important during this COVID period. And on that note, I'm really sad, but I think we've got to wrap up because I think that's all we've got time for. Um, but thank you so much to my guests for taking part. You've all been amazing. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in once again. If you want to know more about Mintel, who we are and what we do, then please head over to Mintel.com. Follow us on social media. We're on links. LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. And check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts. Thank you for listening. Please make sure you subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you like what you've heard, then please do spread the word. And we will catch you next week for another episode of Mintel's Little Conversation. Mm-hmm.